1955, the beginning of Rod Serling's stellar career began with the TV production of Patterns, an original hour-long drama. Within two weeks, the then-struggling author had 23 other TV assignments and, of course, spent part of his career here in Cincinnati. That's a look at Today in History along with Mike Martini. I'm George Zahn. Thank you, George. In traffic right now, we have an accident West Fork at Gaines, also one in the 6500 block of Harrison in front of the Myers store, involving six vehicles. Northbound 75, an accident near Hopple Street on the right shoulder, and backups North 71 at Pfeiffer. Your weather forecast this evening, partly cloudy skies, some scattered snow showers possible. Uh, low tonight around 16 degrees. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy, some flurries, and a high of 25. Friday, cloudy with a high of 28. Saturday, Cloudy with a slight chance of some snow showers and a high of 32. Right now, we're 24 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. Support for WMKV comes from the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati, a nonprofit educational association with programs available for real estate investors at all levels of experience. RIA meets on the first and third Thursdays of every month. More information about RIA and their meetings is available at 859 859- Two nine two seventy three forty two. The views and discussion expressed on this program do not necessarily represent those of the hosts of the program, WMKV, Maple Knoll Communities, its staff or management. The information and advice presented are educational in nature and not intended to be taken as legal, accounting, or other professional advice. Always consult with your own legal, accounting, or other professional before making any investment. Welcome to Real Life Real Estate Investing, a show to help you gain financial freedom by investing in real estate. Brought to you by the Real Estate Investors Association of Cincinnati and the Ohio Real Estate Investors Association. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing on 89.3 FM WMKV. And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox. Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing your public radio source for all things real estate investing in the hottest market in U.S. history, heck, world history. Have you seen the number of -of out-of-country buyers who are coming into the Midwest and buying up single-family homes? I mean, we've seen them in the past come in and buy condo complexes and develop marinas and by giant apartment buildings and things like that, but single-family homes now with tax mailing addresses in Australia and England and Belgium and all kinds of interesting places. So if the rest of the world recognizes it, maybe it's time that you did too. Uh, talking about something that's going to be new to a lot of you listeners today, we're going, we're going to talk about investing in your IRA. I know that part's not new, we're going to, but we're going to talk about how to leverage your IRA funds by, get this, borrowing money with your IRA so that you can, just like out in the real world with your regular real estate investments, be able to make that money go further. My guest today is Matt Allen, who is a nationally recognized speaker and author on the subject of IRA non-recourse loans. He's been on bunches of radio shows, including Moneyline and many others. He graduated from the University of Missouri and is a member of something that I've never even heard of, but I'm not at all surprised it exists, 
the Retirement Industry Trust Association. Matt, welcome to Real Life Real Estate. Thanks, Vina. Thanks for having me on. Uh, glad to have you. Uh, you have, amongst other things, written an entire book about the topic that we're going to discuss today. It is called Leverage Your IRA, Maximize Your Profits with Real Estate. And listeners who want to learn more than we can really tell them in 43 minutes about this can get that <laughs> by going to wmkvfm.org. And on the first screen, uh, you'll see that WMKV has become an affiliate with Amazon.com. And I just checked, and it's there, and it's available so folks who want to get the book can just go right to the wmkvfm.org website and pick that up. So, um, Matt, what we're going to t- talk about today is, again, something that, that most folks have, have just never heard of. They have no idea that it's a possibility, and that is mm-hmm. that you can actually borrow money in your IRA. But before we tackle that, we probably ought to spend a couple of minutes for the folks who maybe didn't even know you could buy real estate in your IRA? <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's a good idea. Let's, uh, and, yeah, talk about that a little bit. Yeah, let's you know, freshen it up on that you can buy real estate in an IRA. And I know in the past you've had uh, Edwin Kelly on. He, mm-hmm. you know, he discussed this, uh, buying real estate in an IRA account. And basically the IRS allows you to purchase anything except for life insurance, collectibles, and then your IRA can't purchase shares in an S or uh, yeah, S corporation. So that really leaves the possibilities wide open. And the most popular option is real estate. So you can actually buy real estate in a self-directed IRA. Now, most of your listeners probably have a traditional or Roth IRA where um, even some of them may, may say they have a self-directed IRA, but what that really means is they're limited to the uh, broker's uh I guess, options that they, they provide to their, their clients. So whether it's stocks, bonds, or mutual funds, but it's still limited, um, where they would actually have to roll over their, whether it's their IRA or their 401k, into a truly self-directed IRA account. And again, that's going to give the opportunity to make your own investment choices with other things besides securities. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, 90% of the, the folks I talk to, uh, when I ask them if they have a self-directed IRA, they say, oh, yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. And I say, okay, self-directed like you can buy anything, or self-directed <laughs> like you can like you can pick off the menu that the custodian has given you. And uh, the answer is normally, oh, well, I can buy you know any stock bond or mutual fund that they that they sell. Right. And that's not the the the, the, the term self-directed IRA became something that a lot of people wanted without knowing why they wanted it. It just sort of mm-hmm. became a hot a hot thing. And so about two or three years ago, every custodian in the country started saying, oh, yeah, we offer self-directed IRAs. And it, it's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is an IRA that is with a custodian or administrator that will literally allow you to invest in anything you choose that is not a prohibited uh, investment. Right. And, and there's limited companies that offer them. There's probably 10 to 15 nationwide and you can find them very easily by searching on on the internet. Um, but your larger companies, you know, Maryland Schwab, they're not going to offer the option to buy real estate. It is going to be limited, like we mentioned, the stocks, bonds, mutual funds. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, even amongst the folks out there who are aware that you can mm-hmm. invest in real estate and real estate related things like notes and so on in an IRA, uh, many times feel like they're handcuffed because they they simply don't have enough money 
in the IRA. You know, they've been they've been making their maximum contributions, but they've only been doing it for three years. So they've got fourteen thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and they say, well, there's no way I can buy a property with fourteen thousand dollars. So I guess I'll just have to keep making my contributions, or or maybe I'll flip some properties or something like that to 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 build that amount up. Your book is about, and what you what you talk to the world about is the fact that you can often buy a property in your IRA with a whole lot less money than you think. That's exactly right. And in the past, when uh, individuals are wanting to buy real estate with their IRA account, they thought, well, I'm going to have to pay cash for it. So if you find a $100,000 piece of property, you have to have that amount in your IRA account to purchase it free and clear. Or there was the other option. You could go to a hard money lender or a private lender, but you're going to pay, you know, 10 plus interest rate, maybe three to five points up front. So it became very expensive and the in the end result, bottom line rate of return didn't make a whole lot of sense in most cases. Um, so recently in the last uh, seven years, um, there have been some banks that have been come out with an IRA non-recourse loan where it's specifically gauged towards the purchase of real estate and IRA. And I work for one of those banks that offers that that product, um, so we thought it would be a good idea to really, you know, educate America about this particular option. Because one, most people don't know you can do it in real estate, and then you ask a hundred people, you know, how many people know you can get a loan to your IRA, you may get one hand go up because it's it's really so limited in, in the amount of exposure this has gotten. Well, and a lot of us have had it beaten into our heads mm-hmm. that you can't. You you can't deal with your own IRA. You can't loan it money. You can't borrow money from it. You can't mm-hmm. use it to partner with yourself to do a deal. And that just sort of naturally extended to the idea of, oh, well, I can't sign a mortgage for my IRA. But uh, the key difference is, as you outline in your book here, is whether that loan is recourse or non-recourse. Mm-hmm. That is the, the big difference. And most loans out there are going to be a recourse loan. So if you're buying a single-family home in Ohio um, that you're going to live in, so it's an owner-occupied home, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but most states are recourse. Um, but in Ohio, you would sign that uh, promissory note with a personal guarantee. So if something happens and the property goes into foreclosure, then the lender can go after your other assets, uh, checking account, automobile savings account, to recover any losses they couldn't recoup from the sale of the home in a foreclosure. Now, on the flip side, with a non-recourse loan, the lender doesn't have that option. Um, the only collateral for the loan is the property itself. So if the property goes into foreclosure, the lender takes back the property, they sell it in a foreclosure, but they don't recover you know, all their losses, then they're just out of luck. So um, that is the main difference between non-recourse and recourse. Mm-hmm. Um, and to kind of explain, well, why why do you have to get a non-recourse loan? Well, it's per the IRS. If you go on their website, irs.gov, type in publication 590, we also reference this in the back of the book, it says your IRA cannot be used as security for a loan. So that's that's the reason behind this particular type of product. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that, of course opens up a, a whole a whole different question for the folks who mm-hmm. understand that what we're talking about now, is truly your IRA borrowing money, not you borrowing money and giving it to your IRA. It truly <laughs> right, is right. your IRA that's that's borrowing money. And and just just as an aside, a lot of people seem to have a very difficult time untangling themselves from their IRAs. 
that they they think of because it's my IRA that mm-hmm. it it's really me in some sense and a lot of the rules regarding IRAs that the IRS has put out there makes make a lot more sense if you can just keep in mind that your IRA is like a completely different person somebody somebody that you don't even know so so they mm-hmm. would never do anything special for you you would never do anything special for them if you can if you can think of it that way folks it makes it a whole lot easier but uh even among the uh, among the folks who understood what you said about the difference between a recourse and a non-recourse loan uh their their next question is going to be okay so so do i go down to my bank do I do I ask um, them for one of these? Or? <laughs> you can try that, and you're probably going to get either a blank stare or a, you know, hands up. No, we're not going to offer that type of loan. Um, most banks don't offer this. So if you go to the major, you know, Wells Fargo's, Bank of America's, um, they will not offer this product. So there, there's really a limited amount of banks that offer this nationwide, less than a handful. Um, but they understand the process, what it entails, because there are going to be some differences, and it's something. You want to go with a bank that's comfortable with it and understands the rules. Uh, you might find a local bank that's familiar with the area. Uh, maybe they've, you know, understand a non-recourse loan and they would make an exception. But for the most part, you're going to have to search online and find somebody that specializes in this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, very good. We need to take a quick break. Talking today to Matt Allen, who is an expert on leveraging your IRAs to buy real estate. If you have questions for Matt or about buying real estate in your IRA, give us a call at 772-9658 if you're in the greater Cincinnati area. If you're listening from outside Cincinnati, call us at 877-772-9658 or just send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from Senior Life Newspaper, a monthly newspaper serving and entertaining adults 50 years and older throughout greater Cincinnati. January's issue features the Madcap Puppets artistic director, an author whose book is about caregiving to her mother-in-law, volunteerism, and more. Copies of Senior Life Newspaper are available at Kroger and other grocery stores, senior centers, restaurants, retirement communities, pharmacies, and libraries. Checking on traffic right now, we have an accident on East Liberty at Reading, also one in the 6500 block of Harrison in front of the Myers store. Uh, as many as six vehicles could be involved in that. Among the backups, uh, South 75 approaching the Brent Spence Bridge, North 71 at Pfeiffer, and also use caution uh, on side streets and over bridges and overpasses. Uh, as we still have some slick conditions. Tonight, uh, mostly cloudy skies, some more snow uh, showers passing through, but no accumulations expected. The chance of more precipitation tonight, 50%. Tonight's low, 16 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, a flurry or two with a high around 25. Friday, mostly cloudy, a high of 28. Right now, we're 24 here at 89.3 WMKV. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today about not just using your IRA to buy real estate, but leveraging that money you've got in your IRA to buy real estate. My guest today is Matt Allen, who's the director of IRA lending at North American Savings Bank and author of the book, Leverage Your IRA. Uh, now, now, Matt, we, we talked early in the show about there, there are some banks out here who, who do this kind of lending and that when they do this sort of non-recourse lending to your IRA, 
all they can get if you go into default, or let's say your IRA goes into default, <laughs> because let's let's keep these right. things separate. Correct. <laughs> uh, is the property itself, and that is different than than say you know the local bank who gives you a conventional loan. You're only putting five percent down, but if you default, they can they can come after your bank account. They can come after your stocks. They can come after your bonds. They can come after your mm-hmm. other properties. The banks who do this cannot do those things. For that reason, the terms are a little bit different than what folks might be used to hearing out there in the real estate world. And the place they start to be different in is how much of my IRA's money needs to be in this deal. Uh, that is true. The, the lending criteria is a little bit different. And to give you, you know, kind of the first step, because it's non-recourse, there are some advantages um, where you're not qualifying for the loan. So the lender's not going to look at your income, your employment. Um, it's not going to be a credit-driven decision. Uh, so basically, they're going to look at a couple of main components, and that would be the property, the cash flow, and then your IRA. Um, and we can get into that in a little more detail later. But as far as the down payment requirement, um, we lend, and this is North American Savings Bank, they lend up to 70% of the purchase price on single-family homes. So you're going to have to have at least 30% skin into the game. Um, you know, being an investment property, too, these have to be for investment purposes only, so you can't live in the property yourself. Uh, you know, for, for a lot of properties, the cash flow, they usually don't hit the mark that we're looking for until there is at least 30%, 40% down in some cases. So it does benefit both sides, now, not only the lender, but also your IRA in this case, that putting uh, more than you may be used to down helps in the long run. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I know that... Uh, a lot of these a lot of these banks will in fact finance any kind of investment property that anybody else would i mean they'll do singles twos threes fours multifamilies mm-hmm. uh even some condos i understand mm-hmm. it, as yeah, investments that's, that's correct. yeah um you know the lenders that are providing this type of loan right now they're looking at your one to four units so like you mentioned a single family home a condo townhomes duplexes fourplexes uh, multifamily, maybe up to 12 units, something like that. Um, so, you know, those are the, the type of properties that these lenders are looking for. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what are, so we got the, we got the down payment out of the way. It's going to be more than what you're, than what you're used to seeing, <laughs> but uh, less than you paying all cash for property, obviously. Uh, what about things like the, the, the cash flow? What, what, what are you looking for there? Um, we look for a 25% positive cash flow. So, you know, we're going to take all the, the gross annual income and subtract out all the expenses that we anticipate throughout the year, and that will give us our bottom line number. Um, so we'll look at the going market rent at the time of the purchase and then base our analysis off of that when we essentially pre-qualify the property before a borrower makes an offer. And then with the purchase itself, we're going to order a full appraisal and we'll have the appraiser verify the going market rents. So they'll get give us three rent comps. So we'll have a good idea if that number they gave us up front is really valid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what are the interest rates on these loans looking like right now? And I, I yeah, this for the folks who are listening on the podcast six months from now, don't, <laughs> don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, no, don't hold me to it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we currently have 
uh, an arm, which is five and seven eighths on a single family home. And then we offer a 15, 20 or 25 year fixed. And those will range anywhere from six and three eighths to seven and a quarter percent. Um, so you can see they're going to be a little bit higher than conventional loans. Um, but that's expected because it is a niche product. Um, again, they're non-recourse. We're not looking at the individual. And we, uh, we hold 100% of these loans in our own portfolio. So we're not selling them to a Fannie Mae or a Freddie Mac uh, in the secondary market. So it is a bank that we would hold for the duration of the, the term, um, you know, until that is paid off. Mm-hmm. Now, what all, what all of this opens to the guy on the street who doesn't really care about the technicalities of the U-bit and so on, which we are going to get into later, but uh, is that with a relatively small amount of money mm-hmm. in a self-directed IRA, we're no longer limited to the idea of wholesaling a deal that's only going to need, you know, $1,000 worth of earnest money to, to get it going. We now have the ability to actually buy and hold rentals, Mm-hmm. In IRAs, which is something that has not been available, even even here in the middle of the country, a, a fixed up rental property, which is you know what what these lenders want to see, <laughs> they want to see a junker, um, right? You know, can can easily run sixty, seventy thousand plus, and a lot of people just don't have that kind of money sitting around mm-hmm. in their individual retirement accounts. So. What this does for us is it 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 gives us the ability with ten to fifteen thousand dollars maybe to buy a fully renovated rental property and uh, get a loan. You know, let, leverage it just like we would like to do out in the real world if anyone was actually offering that kind of money. I mean, that's right. It's it's open it up for a lot of individuals that you know have twenty thousand in their account, twenty to thirty thousand, and they just thought they were stuck with that and. Um, could only buy a property for that amount, or they're just going to stick to the stocks and bonds, which they can afford. Um, so it really has <clears throat> become relevant in the last few years, especially with prices dropping so dra- drastically in, in most markets around the country. Um, you know, the cash flow numbers look a lot better now. So you have to keep in mind that all that cash flow that you're earning each month goes back into your IRA. So not only you know is the appreciation working for you, over time in this market, it might take a while, but um, the, the monthly cash flow is going to grow tax-free or tax-deferred, depending on what type of IRA you have. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, again, uh, yeah. for for folks who are unfamiliar with the concept of investing in your IRA, I would suggest that you go to iTunes and download the the podcast that Edwin Kelly did, because uh, he talked about uh, a whole bunch of different um, uh, things that you cannot do <laughs> with, when you have properties in your IRA, for instance, uh, if you if your IRA owns a property and the roof goes bad, you cannot go fix that roof. <laughs> there's 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 all kinds of little little details like that that you need to know uh, before you make any sort of investment in your IRA. And since we're really dealing with another aspect of this today, I would strongly encourage you before you run out and do something like this to go and uh, check out the Real Life Real Estate podcast that Edwin Kelly did a few months back because that will fill in some of the some of the blanks that we're leaving here. I also want to encourage listeners, if you have any questions, to give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Um, you can also send us an email at askvina at gmail.com, as did JC from Las Vegas, who can pretty much always be dependent 
if we have a more advanced technical topic to ask us questions here. Um, here is JC's question. Can I pool multiple IRAs together to make a down payment on a larger property? Now, what he doesn't say That's, is this multiple multiple of his own IRAs or multiple people's IRAs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good question, and uh, we do see that a lot where um, individuals will have smaller IRAs, multiple accounts they've built up. Maybe they've transferred jobs and you know rolled their 401k into an account, IRA account, and it's it's just not a large amount, so they couldn't put that th- all that 30% down payment from their IRA. Um, so they've combined IRAs or they've got with other investors and used their IRA accounts um, as the the down payment. So let's assume there's three different IRAs that would be on title. So you would uh, divide title 33% for each IRA account. Um, So you could still accomplish the same thing. It's just you'd need to make sure that when when there's multiple IRAs on title, then each month um, the IRA, each IRA is responsible for the breakdown of any expenses, whether that's the mortgage payment, real estate taxes, homeowners insurance, um, et cetera. Um, but it is definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And again, a uh, uh, disclaimer at the front of the show that said, always check with your own legal accounting or other yep. expert before making such an investment. Because uh, when you're dealing with IRAs, one of the things that you have to remember is that the IRS will disallow it if they think that you are doing something that you should not be doing and that could be very expensive for you uh, particularly if it was a traditional IRA that you were working with but uh, even with a Roth it can be extremely expensive so uh, take 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 the take the information you're hearing today take it to your legal and accounting advisors who are familiar with IRAs before jumping into this. Uh, We need to take another quick break. want to invite listeners again to give us a call at 772-9658-877-772-9658 or send us an email to askvina at gmail.com. Support comes from Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine. Pain, stiffness, or swelling in a joint, bone, or muscle may be a sign of arthritis, and there are more than 100 types, including osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. Early and correct diagnosis can help treatment. More information about a diagnosis, protecting your joints, and a treatment plan is available at Ohio Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine at 513-985-3700. Let's check on traffic right now. We have an accident for you Siders on southbound 71 at Red Bank over on the left side. Over on the west side, an accident at Westwood Northern Boulevard at Montana and in the 6500 block of Harrison and near the Myers store. And then one sort of in the middle there, East Liberty at Reading downtown. And uh, we also have some backups, North 71 at Red Bank, and then again, Reagan through Pfeiffer, South 71 at Red Bank, some backups, and you're on the brakes, North 75 between the lateral and paddock, and again at Glendale, Milford up to 275, South 75, some slowdowns approaching the Brent Spence Bridge. Your weather forecast this evening, cloudy skies, some scattered snow showers possible, tonight's low. A very chilly 16 degrees. For tomorrow, cloudy skies, some more flurries possible with a high of 25. And then on Friday, cloudy with a high of 28. Saturday and Sunday, uh, not much of a warm-up. Highs right around 32. The normal for this time of year should be about 39. 
and uh, we could get some more snow Saturday night. Right now it is 24 degrees here at 89.3 WMKV. WMKV thanks you for helping to spread the word about Cincinnati's and the world's nostalgia station. Tell a friend about WMKV FM 89.3 and our streaming worldwide audio at WMKVFM.org. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox. We're talking today to Matt Allen about a topic that I bet you haven't heard before, listeners, which is that you can leverage the money in your IRA to make investments in some of these properties that you can all of a sudden buy really cheap and that will tax, uh, that will cash flow and that will, of course, appreciate in value in coming years to help you fund your retirement. And Matt, an, an obvious but important uh, thing that we have not said here is the reason to do one of these deals in your IRA is because you do it tax-free or tax-deferred, depending on which kind of plan you have. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the the, the big benefit there, that you're going to grow this account tax-free or tax-deferred with something else besides stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, where you can, you know, if real estate is you're an expert in real estate, whether you're a real estate agent, real estate attorney, and you know that particular asset class, you know, why not take your expertise and, and utilize it with your retirement account and get those tax benefits? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And one of the important points that you make in Leverage Your IRA is that uh, diversification, which we're, we're mostly very aware of in our, in our sort of, you know, day-to-day investing lives, yeah. is not something that people think enough about in their IRAs. Yeah, I agree with that. You know, they, they may think diversification, and yeah, I'm, you know, buying an aggressive mutual fund or moderate mutual fund, so I'm diversifying that way. But you really need to look at different asset classes. And one of the chapters we discussed at a CPA, a financial planner, um, talks about the different correlation between asset classes and how um, you can help offset some of that risk you may uh, occur over time when one asset class adjusts downward or upward. Uh, so it is good to look at, at different classes, and you know, real estate is always one that's, that's highly mentioned uh, when you should diversify your portfolio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm starting to build up some questions here at askvina at gmail.com. Uh, if you send a question to that address, remember to tell us where you're writing from. Uh, actually, in the case of IRAs, we're dealing with federal law primarily, so uh, it doesn't matter <laughs> quite so much as it might if you were asking about tenant landlord law or something like that. But uh, we like to know where the listeners are from, and plus it's a good habit to get into. You can also give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658. Here is a question from Jody, who doesn't say where she's from. Can I refinance a property that I already own in my IRA with a non-recourse loan? If I previously paid cash for the property, my purpose would be to get cash out to buy another deal. Um, and that's that's a really good question there too. And that the answer to that is yes. So um, let's say five years ago you bought a piece of real estate in your IRA. Um, you didn't know you could get a loan at that time, so you paid cash for it. Uh, now you've identified some real estate in your area um, that prices are low, and it seems like a good good deal. So you want to um, you know you get some cash out of that um, property you already own um, with the equity. So 
essentially we would provide a non-recourse loan to that IRA that owns the property, and then all the loan proceeds would go back into that IRA as cash, and then the IRA account holder can direct them to be purchased uh, for another piece of real estate, or if they want to improve that property, um, they can do that. Um, so that definitely is an option that a lot of people are taking advantage of right now. Okay, uh, and uh, Jody actually has a, has a couple of follow-up questions. Are there okay. typically seasoning requirements as there are with conventional loans? Um, basically, and this is North American savings, I guess this is how we look at it. Um, as far as seasoning goes, if you paid $100,000 for a piece of property two months ago and then you spent $20,000 in improvements, we would base the loan size off of $120,000, even if it appraised for one hundred and fifty. dollars so for us to look at that appraised value, it would take some time, especially in today's real estate market. You know, things, values are so skewed um, that we want to feel a little more comfortable. So we're going to base it off the total cost they have into it, um, for sure, if it's been less than 12 months that they've owned that property. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And her other follow-up question is, is there a limit to the number of loans I can get as in the conventional market? Um. Because these are non-recourse and they're not Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loans, they're not going to show up under your um, Social Security number on your credit report. So you're not going to have to fight with your bank because you know you have more than ten loans, investment properties, and you know you're not going to qualify for a Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac loan, and or it affects your debt to income ratio, and they're just so out of whack that it doesn't make sense for the lender. Well, we don't look at any of that, and. Uh, you know, it's based on case per ca- case by case. So if the property qualifies, then most likely the deal will qualify. Um, again, because we're holding those in our own portfolio, we have no recourse towards the borrower. Um, you know, we're not uh, adversely concerned about the number, um, just as long as the numbers the, with that specific property make sense. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Boy, this is just like what hard money lending used to be, true asset-based yeah, lending. Mean, yeah, it, uh, you know, and it makes it makes sense in a lot of cases where we're looking at the bottom line. Does it look like a good investment for both parties? And then uh, kind of go from there. So it is very similar to that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we we need to we need to move on to something that our listeners are not used to hearing about their mm-hmm. IRAs, and that is on these transactions where they're using leverage where they're getting a loan and putting down a down payment to buy a property through their IRA, they are, in fact, going to pay tax. Yes, it may apply. Um, it's called UBIT, or Unrelated, Unrelated Business Income Tax. And, you know, not being a CPA, um, with the book that we wrote, Leverage IRA, we brought in an individual um, that is an expert on this particular type of tax, and he wrote a couple of chapters on UBIT, and help explain it and how it can apply. But when you look at the bottom line, whether you're buying the real estate out of in your personal name or in your IRA, a lot of times it still makes more sense to get in that IRA uh, based on the, the deductions you still get a, um, used to offset that UBIT tax. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I always consider myself fairly knowledgeable about all things real estate, really, but um, (laughs) self-directed IRAs amongst amongst those things. I studied that couple of chapters very, very carefully because uh, I was not used to seeing, oh, by the way, you're probably going to end up paying tax on this. But um, 
the uh, the interesting thing about it and the reason you're able to pretty definitively state you're not going to pay as much tax if you would as as you would if you'd done it yourself is that the tax only applies to the portion of the income that is equal to the portion of the deal that you leveraged let, let me try to say that more simply if you put 50% down i got a 50% loan Fifty mm-hmm. percent of your income and capital gains and so on are going to be subject to this U bit. But the other interesting thing is, I have always told people, oh, well, you know, buying rental houses in your IRA, you know, what you, you'll lose the tax benefit of depreciation. Mm-hmm. But the IRS actually allows you to apply depreciation here, since they're going to tax you, and it, because of the depreciation, the numbers often come out the same as they do on your rental property at home, which is. You don't owe any tax because the depreciation overrode the income. That's exactly right. It's very misunderstood. I mean, even a lot of CPAs, if you ask them, they don't know that. Um, that with a piece of real estate purchased in your IRA that's leveraged, you still, to offset that UBIT, you can duct out depreciation, the real estate taxes, interest paid. So, you know, again, I kind of mentioned earlier, I'm not offering any advice, but it, it, it does, in some cases, uh, you know, the UBIT you have to pay is, is zero or very minimal. Um, you know, it, it should be, the numbers should be always ran with your CPA to make sure they make sense. But um, that shouldn't, you know, frustrate somebody or, or steer somebody in a different direction. They should still um, look at the bottom line and run the numbers both ways and see if it makes sense. And a lot of times it does to to purchase it in an IRA with leverage. Um, again, you know, educate yourself, read everything you can on it on the internet, call an IRA custodian, let them help you also. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll just tell you, Matt, I, you know, I'm also, of course, not giving people tax advice, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, having having read the book, I ran my last two deals that I kept as rentals through mm-hmm. the calculation to say, all right, what if they had been bought in my IRA and what if I had put 40% down and mm-hmm. leveraged the rest and what would the tax consequence have been? And, you know, of course, I, I live in the Midwest, so our properties are cheap and <laughs> the depreciation sure. deduction isn't all that huge. <laughs> and sometimes uh, sometimes we can buy properties so cheaply that even finance, they cash flow a lot. And it was still the case that overall for the life of the property, I was going to end up paying a lot less taxes on it than I would have, or that, that I that I'm going to, <laughs> because I I did not do it that way. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, again, it's uh, not every case it makes sense, but in a lot of cases it is, you know, the better thing to do. If you know, if you if you're cash poor right now, but you have some IRA funds, definitely look into the you know doing something with your retirement plan and. And it can still be beneficial for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, uh, still do good deals. Don't mm-hmm. don't do bad deals just because they're tax free. Just to do it. It's <laughs> a good rule to follow. Never never do yeah. a bad deal ever, even if they don't make you put any money down. That's, that's yeah. Put that on your website. That might be a good banner there. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, okay. Seven seven two nine six five eight or eight seven 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 two nine six five eight are the numbers to call if you have. Uh, any questions about making investments in your IRA, you can also send us an email at askvina at gmail.com, uh, as did Nate, who is from Cleveland, Ohio. Nate says, I'm a newbie, so forgive this stupid question. How do I get a self-directed IRA if I don't already have one? Okay. Well, it, 
as far as you know, setting up a self-directed IRA, uh, what Nate needs to do is uh, get on the internet and Google truly self-directed IRA or just self-directed IRA, and he'll find multiple companies that will offer this type of, of product and give them a call and just go through a scenario. I have, let's say Nate has $50,000 he wants to roll over into a self-directed IRA. Um, as soon as those funds are released from the company where they're currently held, then it takes around 48 to 72 hours for that new account to be set up with the self-directed IRA custodian. Um, so it's pretty painless. It's just a matter of transferring your funds. So it's not as though um, you know, it's just magical account that you have to set up. Um, it's just a matter of relocating your funds from one type of retirement plan to a truly self-directed IRA. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, our website, uh, North American Savings Bank, um, IRAlending.com, we actually have a list of all the self-directed IRA companies. So if somebody wanted, a, you know, just a, a quick list, that's, that's a good place to go. And it, it links to all their sites, too, so you can give them a call and ask them any questions. Mm-hmm. And, Nate, I'll add it shouldn't be very expensive either. I, mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen some of these companies that will uh, roll over your account for free or for fifty bucks. You know, I've also I've also heard of companies that want a twelve or fifteen hundred dollars to do the same thing, but there are some very reputable companies out there that charge very minimal amounts of money uh, to do this roller because they want your business. They want you uh, having the account with them instead of somebody else. Absolutely, I would call two or three of them because they're all priced a little bit differently. Some of them are based on the total volume. Some of them have a, a set amount that you pay annually. So definitely do a little bit of homework and, and uh, base your decision off of the, you know, the pricing and then your uh, comfort level with customer service. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, uh, time for one more quick break. Uh, again, listeners, this is a chance to uh, mine the knowledge of somebody who knows some stuff that not too many people know. Matt Allen author of Leverage Your IRA, give us a call at 772-9658 or 877-772-9658 or send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. WMKV is welcoming the Buffalo Ridge Jazz Band to Maple Knoll Village. If you love Dixieland or classic jazz, you're going to adore the Buffalo Ridge Jazz Band. WMKV is pleased to announce that the Buffalo Ridge Jazz Band will be playing at the Maple Knoll Village Auditorium on Sunday, February 20th from 2 until 4 p.m. Tickets are only $10 each and all proceeds directly benefit WMKV Radio. We hope you'll come on out. Tickets have already been going pretty quickly for this event. Please contact WMKV at 513-782-2427 for tickets. 782-2427. Checking on traffic, uh, there was an accident since the last break, northbound 75 at Glendale Milford, and it's already been cleaned up, so maybe I won't even mention it, or maybe I already did. South 71 at Red Bank, we still have an accident, Westwood Northern Boulevard, and in the 6500 block of Harrison near the Myers Store, accidents, East Liberty at Reading, an accident as well, and the backups include North 71 at the Lateral and South 75 heading toward the Brent Spence Bridge. Weather forecast tonight, some clouds, some scattered snow showers, no accumulations, But chilly tonight, a low of only 16 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy skies, some flurries, and a high of 25. And Friday, cloudy skies, and a high of 28 degrees. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today about using non-recourse loans to leverage your IRA money into more property 
than you could otherwise buy. A uh, question came in here to askvina at gmail.com. This is from Bob in sunny Seattle. He always he always signs that way. And Bob, I know perfectly well that Seattle is not sunny today. There, 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 there's snow on the ground in like 49 of 50 states today. I, I actually saw that on Facebook. So don't, 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 don't well. tell me that. Um, so his question, Matt, is, I have five single-family rental properties in Memphis owned by my self-directed IRA for which I paid cash. I want to get a takeout loan for these so that I can free up the equity to buy more homes. They were purchased for under $50,000 a piece. What can I do to get these financed? And, uh, Bob, remember, we are on public radio here. So you're going to get general directions, not a phone number to call uh, in the answer mm-hmm. here. But, but, but what, what is the general process here, Matt? Um, you know, it is possible to get a refinance on those five properties and, you know, take out some of the equity to purchase more. The challenge that Bob's going to have with those particular scenarios that most of the lenders offering these type of loans have a minimum $50,000 loan size or close to it um, so he might want to look for a private lender in that area that would entertain, let's say, twenty-five, thirty thousand dollars per piece of real estate per single-family home. Um, that's the only, you know, the, the major challenge I see with his particular scenario. If he's paid fifty thousand for them, you know, within the last twelve to eighteen months, um, he's he's probably going to have to go to a private lender. But um, you know, it's definitely doable. Uh, private lenders, you know, will. Uh, draw up non-recourse loans, um, just like a you know a bank would. So um, he should probably look at maybe uh, you know Craigslist or go to um, you know look, search online. I would start that with in the Memphis area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, okay, qu- uh, question here from Christina, who's here in Cincinnati. She says, uh, "Hi, Vina. Can he please differentiate between what you can and can't do with real estate transactions that are done in your IRA? For example." You cannot, I think, manage your own rentals. Can you manage your own rehabs? I'm so confused. Um, and I think you discussed this briefly when Edwin was on a few sessions ago. You know, as far as managing, it's kind of a gray area that depending on which custodian you ask, but you're, some of them will allow you to manage your own property if it only entails you collecting checks, sending them on to the custodian, or let's say you need to fix a leaky faucet, you're calling that plumber to make the repair uh, where you're not repairing it yourself. Um, so most of them will allow you to manage it from that aspect. But if you go onto the property and make the repairs yourself, that's where a lot of them will draw the line and say you shouldn't be doing that because that would create a probative transaction. Um, they don't want you to add any value to the property. Now I say they, the IRS doesn't want you to add any value to it or that could trigger that prohibited transaction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, uh, going quickly back to uh, Bob, uh, to, uh, so as to not discourage him, uh, Bob, if you if you bought those properties at a significantly under market value and that's why you paid less than 50 for them, and they're worth 100 actually, <laughs> you, 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 you probably actually could get a loan on them if you've, if you've held them long enough, I think, I think is correct, Matt, yeah, right? Yeah, I mean... It, yeah, it would just depend on when they were originally purchased. Um, you know, it would have to be looked at in more detail. But, yeah, if if they were purchased, you know, two-plus years ago, then it's it's still a possibility. But if it's in the last year, it will be a little more tough to get any money out just because of the, you know, the bank would consider it a $50,000 value, and most of them have that 50000 loan size minimum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, a question here from 
either Sherry or Cherry. Not sure how to how to pronounce this, but uh, the question is. If I needed money to renovate an investment deal, do I have to have all that cash in my IRA or could I borrow it with a strong deal and money down? So I think now what we're what, what we're hearing mm-hmm. from Cherry is can I get a renovation loan as opposed mm-hmm. to just a purchase money loan? Um you can. Uh you know, a private lender again might be a good situation if you're just needing a small amount of cash to to improve the property, not sure how much she would be looking for. And sometimes we'll see clients, uh, they'll come to us and they'll pay cash for the, the property and then they'll improve it and then we'll do a refinance and put the funds back in there. Because all your repair funds do have to come from the IRA. So you can't buy a property in your IRA, fix it up with your personal funds, um, you know, and then refinance it that way. So up front, all costs would have to come from the IRA. And it's Again, it's definitely doable. Um, it's just going to depend on the specific situation and how much they paid for it up front. Um, and, you know, getting that, that construction loan or improvement loan, it's, it's a little tougher, but if it's short-term or private lenders, is a good option there, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, really interesting question here from Anthony in North Carolina. By the way, don't, don't Real Life Real Estate listeners answer, ask the best questions. I mean, absolutely. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't have thought of, of three quarters of these myself. And uh, I'm learning a lot from your answers here. Uh, Anthony says, how do I compute how much I can actually buy with leverage with the money I have in my IRA? In other words, given the money I have, do I need to plan mm-hmm. on paying out anything besides the down payment? Are there going to be closing costs? Am I going to be uh, asked to leave reserves, et cetera? Great question. Yeah, it is, and basically you're going to have to keep this in mind. You're going to have to put the down payment, and then you'll get the non-recourse loan, and all closing costs have to come out of that IRA also. And then you want to make sure you leave yourself reserves. Um, The IRA is going to be responsible for that mortgage payment every month. So if you have a vacancy or if you need to make improvements, you can't dip into your personal pocket. So it's, it's we require it, the bank I work for, we require some reserves left in that account or verified before closing just so we know those emergency funds are available. So to really compute the amount, um, you know, again, I would have to look at a specific scenario and see how much is in his account, but we would be able to give him that number, just a ballpark. You can't go higher than 150000 based on um, your current account balance, and this is with a 30% down payment, leaving you such and such reserve. So, um you know, specifics would be required, but you definitely, definitely, definitely want to be, leave reserves in your account. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, and a great idea to check that out before you run out and start trying to find a property, Anthony, because yes. if, you've, if you've calculated backwards and said, all right, well, what I have will be a 30% down payment on this much property, you may be looking for too much property because of the closing costs and the fact that depending on the cash flow and so on, you may have to put down as much as 35 to 40%. Uh, now, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, we're running out of time here. Uh, I want to encourage listeners now to go back to another podcast that we did last summer, uh, which was uh, John Heyer, who's a tax attorney, uh, talking about IRA-owned LLCs. That made quite a splash that that mm-hmm. one could do that. Uh, and we, we again, we don't have time to uh, get into that uh, fully because we had the, the entire show about it last summer. Uh, can folks who have those 
IRA-owned LLCs, where they basically have a checkbook to write the down payment for, take advantage of this? And if so, who is the borrower? Is it the LLC or is it the IRA? It would be in this case. So let's, Bruce Nell, an IRA is purchasing shares of an LLC. Mm-hmm. And so the LLC is going to be untitled. So the LLC is borrowing the money and owns the property. And as a bank, we're actually lending to that LLC. So the only difference is how title is taken, is how we're analyzing it. Um, we basically will lend to any self-directed retirement plan. So whether it's an IRA, a for, self-directed 401k, um, solo K plan, or an IRA LLC, that's acceptable. Um, so everything is the same except for how title is taken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Very good. Um, good stuff today, Matt. Uh, advanced, you know, maybe maybe a little bit beyond what uh, <laughs> what folks are, are used to hearing, but I'm sure, uh, sure extremely useful to the folks who've been in the business for a while and everybody else. You can tuck it in the back of your brain until you got enough money in your, <laughs> in your IRA to do something about this. You can go back and listen to the podcast later on. So uh, very much appreciate your time, Matt, and want to encourage folks again, if they want to know more about this, to go to wmkvfm.org. There's an Amazon.com logo uh, toward the middle of the page. Don't click it. Go over to the right side of the page where there's a box and a little Amazon.com logo. Uh, Click that and take you straight to Amazon and uh, put in Leverage Your IRA. That's the name of the book. And uh, when you buy it, I gather it's some little bit of money. Always a little bit of money helps here in public radio. Uh, Goes to WMKV FM. So uh, there you go, listeners. And... uh, Thank you so much again, Matt. Uh, We will be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing. listening to 89.3 FM 